Welcome to Master Mindset. Reframe your thinking, master your mindset with Nate Schooler and Kim Adele. I'm as excited as I am every time we do an interview because I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to give preference, right? But I, 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 I love Nikki Bell. I think she's wonderful, and we're going to talk about the formula for successful investor relations, ethics, values, and responsibility. And, you know, you're an international CFO, an investor relations, business funding strategist, and a connector. And, you know, I, I, I just love speaking with you. And I, I think we, uh, we just thoroughly enjoy spending time with you, really, to be honest. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I just feel really honored to be here with both of you. I admire your work and everything that you do. And it's just amazing. So I'm so looking forward to this talk. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Nikki, likewise, we have been so pumped about having this conversation and every conversation we get to have with you because we always start off there with them meander around, but it's always <laughs> insightful. It's always packed with really actionable advice and invaluable insight. And so we know that actually people are going to get so much out of this and should absolutely um, get in touch with you because you are one very inspiring, amazing lady and your connections and your passion for connecting people and connecting the dots is an inspiration so thank you for giving us your time we appreciate it yeah absolutely absolutely so mainly mainly you basically you have loads of investors who you built relationships with over the last 30 years of your career right and 12 years 12 years 12 okay and 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 then people come to you and they say hey nikki I want to get investment for my business. So the kind of the kind of sizable amounts we're talking about is kind of like one million up to two hundred million, like US dollars, right? And you know, I know you, I know you, you're kind of you're a very ethical person yourself, right? And so, how can how can you make this process kind of better for for investors and also for people who are well, looking? Well, right now I'm currently building a pipeline, which I've decided I might have to do myself because people have a hard time conceptualizing what partnership really means. And that is building my team in-house so that I can pipeline and streamline the process. There's a lot of people who have my position who say, oh, yes, I can help you get an investor, but they don't have the end result, which is the investor. I have the investors. I built it manually. But a lot of people are sitting on their R's, A-R-S-E, right? Sitting on their Mars, uh, because of the times and they've got things stored in, in savings or because the market went down, they're not doing anything and they're not taking any risk and so on and so forth. I'm not waiting around people. So I look for fresh, new investors who are innovative, who are not just about, you know, the tech behind it, that are really, really looking for the next, you know, big deal that's going to be out there in terms of companies whether they're mid-market, whether they're early stage, whether they're pre-revenue, whether they have revenue, whether they're late stage, I really don't care. It doesn't matter. What matters is, and that goes back to your question about business ethics, is that you know that Nikki's not for free. Nikki works her tail off to get the results that you want, right? To build those strategic alliances, which is so, so very important and valuable. Oh, no, I, I love that. And you're so right. You know, we bandy around the term partnership but I don't know if we really really mean it and 
partnering means just that, doesn't it? Some of me and some of you, and that there is collectively good for both. And I spend a lot of time working with people on both sides of that. So people getting ready to seek investment and are trying to get their packs ready, pull together, um, make sure that they've got the right governance and infrastructure in place, or investors that are trying to work out, is this a good deal? What's going to happen when the leader leaves? Because we know the leader's going to leave. And and where do where do those parts fit? And the whole thing is such a complex equation, isn't it? It's a, it's, there is so many moving parts and making sure that you've got the right people on side who are actually going to tell it you like it is. And it, you know, we, I know a lot of people who, are, to your point, they're waiting for that perfect moment, aren't they? If it were just this, if it were just that, if it were just the other. But the truth is there's no perfect moment. When we look at all of the major successes, they were the ones that were willing to take the risk, that were the, willing to say, I'm nearly, I'm nearly there. And actually, I'm going to take the leap of faith and I'm going to be confident enough in the people I've surrounded myself with that we will learn from any mistakes and rectify on the way. And would you agree that that's that that kind of character and skill set in people is one of the things that investors are looking for? Well, you've got to be open to that. You've got to be open to that change. So when they come to me, Nikki Bell, I'm perfect. Doesn't work for me. I've got it all mapped out. Everything's done. Everything's neat. I already have my team. If you already have your team, where do I fit in? Why are you even talking to me? So you have to be open to that change because like I always say, money doesn't see politics. Money doesn't see religion. Money doesn't see color. Money doesn't see gender. We do. Money is energy. So if you're going to come to me and ask for $20 million or $30 million, You've got to have that energy, right? You've got to have that vibration. You've got to be willing and open to make that changes that I'm going to point out that needs to be made on any level, whether it's your marketing, your financials, there's a whole infrastructure that I look at. I'm not just looking at a business plan. That's not business. Just looking at a business plan is not business. So I deal with people who are in business, right? And the ones that are trying to start their business, even a startup is considered starting a business. So you've got to have these these connections going on and you can't just have a board that doesn't do anything or have people with titles that don't do anything. You've got to have your team in place. You know, you've got to have your team working on your vision. And and the exit comes later after you have valuation. And valuation comes after you have revenue. I mean, I've got people saying I'm going to exit I'm going to do valuation but they're like pre-revenue. Like, what are you talking about? You can have an idea, you can have projections, but until you have some revenue, you can't have valuation. Hello, you've got nothing to work with. You know, and I have to be very, very um, kind, very gentle with my words, very tactful. And I am, but in the back of my mind, I'm screaming, going, what's going on, folks? What are you thinking? You know? You crawl out of bed and just do this, you know, and then, and then if I talk to somebody, so I, I, I'll talk to someone and then I talk to somebody else, maybe they've seen the same thing and they'll say, oh, well, it's not organized or, you know, this um, company isn't, um, their planning isn't right. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I, I've got to do that too. So you can't have people doing multiple jobs. I've been in late stage 
where you've got a person doing five titles and the one title I'm asking for is, do you have a fund manager? Oh, well, we handle it. No, 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 no. If I'm going to get paid for bringing investors to you, do you have a fund manager? Your pre-IPO or your pre-ICO, where's your fund manager? If you can't answer that for me, it's already a bad deal. It's already bad. So I'm not looking for badness and I'm not looking for red flags, but they just flash out when you've been doing this for so long in your sleep. They just are very obvious. I hope that answers your question. No, no, it does. It does. And, and you're right. You know, once you've been doing a particular thing, you know, I, I go in and do, or did for a lot of years, went and did transformational change for organizations, got them ready for, for kind of those big, significant changes. And you spot them very, very quickly. I remember going to one and I was on day three and, uh, of being there. And at nine o'clock in the morning, day three, and the board were like, we'd love you to just come back to us and tell us what's going wrong and how you're going to fix it. And I was like, well, it feels a tad judgmental, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, on day, I'm on day two and you've already sent me um, to go and host a leadership course for you on, on uh, and actually day two. Um, but of course, I can tell you what I've seen already just in my first two days, because I know what to look for. And you look for those things like, have you got governance and infrastructure? Because if you haven't, you are, you've got risk. Um, you've got risk, whether that's risk in your people, whether it's risk in your finances, risk in your processes, or risk with your clients. So you need to know what all of those are. You've got to have those bits in place. You've got to have really clearly defined roles and responsibilities. So people know the role you want to play, that you want them to play, and, and you allow them to play it to their strengths. Now, I've been working with a couple of organizations recently where they're not doing that. So people, instead of being allowed the freedom to step up and be the skill set they've got, everybody's trying to be everything to everybody. And you're just like, eek, that's, <laughs> that is going to raise red flags to investors. Because in my simple terms, when I look at this, I always think when you're seeking investment, you're asking somebody to give you their money and trust that you are going to look after it and you're going to nurture it and you're going to give them back more than they gave you. So they're going to want to know that a little bit like um, when I was picking out the school for my little girl or the nursery for my little girl, the most precious asset I have, I wanted to make sure that I was picking the best skilled team that were most likely to be able to add value to my important asset. And people's businesses are their most important asset. And for investors, their asset is their investment. And it's the same sort of thing. And we, we, don't, we don't create that commonality of understanding, do we? We don't. And I love your piece where, you know, money doesn't have race or color or culture. Money, money just is energy. Um, what we've got to be able to do is demonstrate that we are operating at the right energy, that we're not going to detract from what's being given to us, but we're going to expand on it. Right, right. And, and to add to that, well, let's get to the investor part. Um, I was thinking while you were speaking, um, investors, okay, so when people come to me, so, you know, I work with investors, but I also work with companies and represent companies. So both, whoever comes to me first. But when the companies come to me and they say, I just want money, I will not pursue them. I will not deal with them. And I sit there and I say, 
that's not what this is about. If you just want money, go find a broker. I'm not a broker, right? This is about so much more than that. The vision of the company, it's, you know, that person, the founder, his, his baby, it's his project, it's everything. So it can't just be about money and you can't go to an investor with that kind of speech. That's why you hire someone like myself because I don't go with that kind of speech. I'm not talking to an investor saying, I just want your money. When I am actually talking to an investor, we're not even talking about money most of the time, but it takes a gift. It takes a very skilled person to know how to even talk to an investor and what to talk about and when to talk about it. And when to bring it up, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can bring it up and sometimes you just can't. Um, and it's a, it's a gift. It, I'm really, what I do is a gift. And so, you know, it just, it just behooves me, is the word, behooves me when people are just like, I just want the money. There's no value in that. That's the first thing I say. There's no value in that. Where is your value? You know, which goes back to, society and how we have how we have evolved or our lack of involvement in terms of our values our morals uh what we find to be important has changed over generations and over the years right for me myself i'm traditional but i'm liberated you know i'm old school so i bridge the gap between the young who are out there like i just want the money and the older who are like, I work for my money. And so when I'm talking to an investor, a lot of times they're older and they have worked hard for their money. I don't care if they're doing billion dollar transactions, they have worked hard for their money. So don't yeah. you dare walk into a room talking about you just want their money. They will kick you out the door so quick, your head will be spinning. You know? <laughs> I talk facts, people. I talk facts. I don't have time. I don't have the luxury. I don't have the privilege, you know, and we're not, we're not talking about privilege. Like when we, when, you know, how everyone wants to turn it around to, to something demographics or culture or whatever. That's not what I mean. None of us in this global economy have the privilege to do half the nonsense that we do. You need to wake up. You need to be ready. You need to be present and you need to never give up on what it is that you're trying to do. Don't ever give up. Because in your heart, if you know that what you're doing is good and you're making those good causes, good will come to you. That comes back to the morals. That comes back to the values. That comes back to the ethics. And you have to have some in order to even walk my path, walk in my space. If not, move it along. Just move it along. I completely agree because I think you attract people with the same value set, don't you? And you kind of go out there and say, you know, you know your hot buttons, you know what your values are. Um, and you know, one of the things I talk to people about is first connecting with their purpose. So what's your reason for being? Then integrate it with your values. And only when you do both of those can you evolve to your potential. Because only then can you go and find like-minded people that you're going to connect with. Because that is our driver. That's what we're get, that's what we're going for is we've got a purpose, we need to know what that is, and we need to know what our values are, and we need to make sure that they're aligned, whether that's as an individual, as an organisation, or as a relationship, partnership, anything, it comes back to those things. And they're really 
really important for people to understand, aren't they? Because if you, I remember many years ago having a, a boss of mine after I left an organisation go, I love you. He says, you're one of these people that you'll take your bat and ball home. <laughs> it's not always your bat or your ball. I was like, I know, but if somebody doesn't operate with the same value set as me, I can't work there. Um, and this particular time, this person was a bully. And I said, they didn't bully me, but they bullied others. And I didn't want to be associated with that leadership team because I didn't want people to think I condoned it. I couldn't change it. I, could, I tried, but I, but I couldn't. The person was se- more senior than me. And it was like, right, so instead, and this was probably about 10 years ago, but instead it's like, I'm going to just choose to go and do something else because I believe that if I put the right things out in the world, as you were saying, Nikki, that the right things will come back to me. And therefore, I will get people that are willing to come and want to work with me because I'm driving the right values, the right behaviour. And that's all. It's, ne- it's never steered me wrong. I think it's great, a, a great advice. And you want to work with people you know, like and trust, don't you? Right, right. And I think I think when you talk, I'm always like, <laughs> my brain is just thinking, um, what changed for me was a few years ago and I didn't have an agenda. I just really wanted to meet people like meet your tribe, meet conscious minded investors, meet just, you know, companies that are really doing things, social impact, social enterprise, whatever you want to call it. And I said, I need to change me. You know, one of the many things that people now, we don't need to talk religion, but I am Buddhist. I'm proud to say it. And, and, and Buddhist philosophy, any, any, you know, there's, there's many kinds of different Buddhists, but the biggest thing is to go internal. Whatever's going on in here is reflected out there. So I don't look to blame and you've got a lot of people, you, you'll do a contract with, with people and it's, they've got all these courts and things that they want to send you to. If something happens, I've done it where sometimes it's been verbal. Um, but to protect myself, I do rather do it by contract and, and that's okay because the values are aligned, like you're discussing. But what I'm trying to say is that it's so important, right? It's so important that I had to change something within me to attract. And I'm not saying law of attraction or mindfulness. I don't do labels or titles, but I had to change something within me in order for that to show up physically in my environment and constantly changing my mindset to a higher level. And I don't mean higher level, like higher than someone else, but this higher vibrational level, right? The highest, one of the highest levels is love. The one above love is enlightenment. Enlightenment is, is the highest one that you can, that you can obtain. So I'm like, okay, so I'm Buddha. So I, you know, gain the enlightenment every day, every day. Right. And then love. And we don't really talk about love. We talk about having compassion, just in general in society. We talk about having empathy. We talk about all these things, but love is pure. When you have a pure heart, right? You have pure love. So how can I purely express myself to others so that they can understand that my loyalty, my trust, my transparency, it's not going to change over time. I am still Nikki. I am still Nikki Bell because those baselines are always going to be there. And so I need people who who meet that, right? Without compromising themselves, but meet that. And it's really, really hard 
to hear the truth, it's really, really hard for some of us to be honest because we're not honest with ourselves. So when I'm asking somebody to give me their financials, they're like, oh, I can't, you know, like they're being choked. And it's like, I just need you to be honest. I need to know, do you have debt? Do you have this? Do you have that? Because what you and I are discussing, it's across the board and anything that you're dealing with. And a lot of times people don't realize that life and business go hand in hand. And so I did something different, you know, on the platforms. I started to express myself with love. I started to express myself with the encouragement because that's really how I felt. That's really what life was about, you know? And I started to attract these people who would support anything that I would post or anything that I would put up on multiple platforms. And it was amazing. And it's been amazing. And I was able to grow my team. And one thing that a young person that I was training, because I love, I love training young people. I love the youth. The youth are our future. And I'm not just one to say that. Um, but he said to me, he's like 24 at the time. He said, and where I was trained, the school that I went to, a leader is someone that knows how to hire and fire someone. They know how to make a decision, period. And there was someone on the team that I had to get rid of. And he was like, that's a leader. I want to work with you. You know, and I, I just don't know any other way to conceptualize it so that folks can understand. Interesting what you're saying. I've been, I've been reading, a, listening to an audio book called The Compound Effect. And it's well worth listening to. Absolutely brilliant. But in there, he talks about the law of attraction, how he doesn't really believe in it either. Um, and and, and what, what he actually said, which I was, heard this yesterday or this morning, and, and he said that it's actually your brain is, is looking for what you're thinking about. So being very clear about what you're looking for is, is how your amazing supercomputer that you've got in your head, right, goes out there and, and, and looks for all these amazing people and investors and businesses that you may want to invest in. I mean, I seem to just bump into loads of investors at the moment, right? Like I, I just had a drink a couple of days back with a local chap. He's invested in a chocolate company and an IT business and a, all sorts of things. And it's ethics are absolutely fundamental. I mean, for him, he likes to do uh, kind of tangible businesses as well as intangible, right? So he likes the traceability of the chocolate, right? He likes to know that that chocolate is, you know, the cocoa beans are from Guatemala and, and, and they're, from, they're from Africa as well. And then there are people behind the, the, the source of the, the actual raw product, right? And this traceability is a must now. It isn't just like, oh, well, you know, we may want to know where it's from. It's like, if you like artisan products, you want to know where they come from, right? And, and this, I believe, is also relevant to investors, right? Because investors, they don't just want to just slap the money down, right? They want to know who's running the business. They want to know, can they, can they trust them, right? Are they credible? Are they good at what they're doing? And do they have a great idea? And then they want to get involved because then they, everyone, they, they rebound off of the passion, I think, in my mind, of, of the founders of the business and the team, right? Because you get that passion and it builds momentum, doesn't it? It's like a, a compound effect, right? Yeah. And they want to know that you know your numbers. There's a number of factors. Um, you know, because I, I talk to them all the time. I go to several conferences all the time and they want to know that, you know, your numbers, 
you know, that you know what you're doing. Um, and there's people that you go to, you're going to get expert advice, you know, from different people. You need to, you need to centralize that advice. You, you can't be getting advice from 50 different people or even from four different people because it's going to conflict. Pick your one or two that you get your advice from and just stick to that. But you have to be able to, even as a founder, be able to make decisions. That's the key point. That's what they're looking for. Can you make decisions on your own or do you have to have 10 to 15 people in order to make a decision? They're not going to want to deal with you. You yourself have to be a decision maker, just like the investor is a decision maker on his money. And the investor himself, and this is to investors, have to keep track of what they're investing in. That's why I work with them because some of them are just as scattered as some of these companies, you know? And they don't understand the risks that are involved and this company that their nephew sent them their way. Who's going to take those millions of dollars and go buy his brand new car and his brand new yacht and this and that and just misuse the money, right? Because a lot of times that's how the investment world works. It depends on who you're connected to. And then that's how you get introduced to an investor. And, you know, I work a lot differently than that. So um, it's very, very important that no matter what you're doing, you're building relationships, you know, in order to grow your business, um, in order for the investor to be invest interested, you have to build relationships. And I'm, and that's why I say connector on my profile, because that's what I do is I'm constantly building relationships. That is the key. It's one of the key. That is your golden nugget for today. Okay. No fee. Build relationships, people. Build relationships. Build relationships. How do you build relationships? Oh, well, I followed her and I'm engaged because I follow her. No, that's not building relationship. Okay. Building relationships is getting on the phone or on video because of our times, the pandemic that we're in. Okay. In the past, it's been meeting in person like you. Uh, Nat, you went and you had coffee with this fellow. So you built a relationship. All right. You are building a relationship and it's long term. So investors are not coming in necessarily to take over your business. It's like a marriage. I mean, they're there long term. They want to see their money grow. They want to be involved, you know, for the most part. Um, so really, really important that you understand what conceptualize what that really means. It's not connect and follow and tag and do all this nonsense. Okay. It is, and it's not just networking, folks. It is actually building relationships. So if I call you one day, Nat, are we going to be talking about podcasting? Are we going to be talking about investors? No, we may be talking about the family. We may be talking about how you have family in California because I actually remember that from the first time we talked. Kim, if I go and I visit you, are we going to be talking about investments and this and that? No, we might be talking about your beautiful child. We might be at the playground. Build relationships, people. And if you don't know how, you get someone like myself who knows how, no matter their age, no matter where they're from, that's all I do is build relationships. I love that. It's so important. And yeah. it's it's funny, you know, I always look at, at this in, in kind of simplistic terms. And I think you know, we we struggle, don't we, with diversity and inclusion. We say that we want it, and yet we've got millennia of conflict. And yet one of the other things that aligns us all, you know, something else that doesn't see um, colour or race or religion, 
is that irrelevant of any of those things, our gender, our race, our religion, our age, we teach and we learn through stories. We've been doing it since the cavemen drawings or the hieroglyphics. So actually what we're trying to do is understand each other's story to see whether or not there is an opportunity to be a part of it. And some people are just a paragraph. Some people become a main character and some people are there for a part and then they're going. But if you look at everything in the in that view of a story, we all know where there's those moments where we've read a book, haven't we? And all of a sudden a character turns up and you're like, where, where did where did they come from? <laughs> and you go back 10 pages going, did I did I fall asleep reading that yesterday? And they make no sense. So I always I always look at when I'm building relationships with people on, are there any odd characters that have popped up into this story or to your point earlier Nikki the alarm bells I need to go and identify understand where they're from but when I connect with people similar as we did it's like I'd love a coffee I want to know your story I want to know what's happened to you so far what's important to you where's it gone because only by knowing that can I add value to your story and we all would love to share our own story. So there's a there's a win-win. <laughs> you know, I learn yours, I get to share a little bit of mine. And it's it's kind of those parts where it fascinates me. The amount of times you connect with people and they accept the connection, but the minute you say, Would you like a coffee? They're like, No, no, I don't need your services. I didn't want to give you my service. I would never assume, I would never be so rude as to assume that you're in what that you're currently sat there looking for a coach and waiting for one of us to just up and go hey how about me um that's not what I want to connect with you for I want to connect with you because actually if I know more about you and your story then I might know of people that can add value to it or that you can add value to the stories of people that are already in my connection but we're only going to know that if we know the story and that's true whether or not it's about the individual or it's about their business and their idea or it's about the investment that they're seeking it's it's the compellingness of that story isn't it and our desire to be part of it and I think yeah and also also to have fun right like we yeah. want to have fun in business right because otherwise we're, we're like creating like a really difficult job that we hate like why would you want to do that You're yeah. so, like it's just hell on earth right you want to have fun yeah and talk to cool people and enjoy yourselves right mm-hmm. i think that people going back to what you're saying kim people are closed off um they're closed off and so they and and some of it is i don't know if you call it a soft skill transferable skills so that means i can make a deal in any industry can someone else make a deal in in any industry no they only can see what's in front of them in a linear type of thinking so it's hard it's hard for people to cross over and say oh okay yes i would like to have a coffee talk with you that's very difficult because of the way their mind is set different from mindset the way their mind is actually set you know and telling the story is not necessarily storytelling i don't tell like i don't tell my story for it to be in a in some sort of a storytelling on a blog or in a book because my story is sacred to me and i'm careful of who i share it with you know when there's a a safe haven that safe space to be able to share that then i do if not, then I just generalize, um, you know, so it's it's just really, 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 really important. And there was something else that um, that Nat was saying, oh, about having fun. So 
and the investment industry, they were very um, pretentious to me. Like they had something stuck up their butts, right? And a lot of them still are act, act that way. And then people meet me and they're like, whoa, whoa, like, wow, Nikki. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, bring it. Let's go. <laughs> like, what? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and every single time. And then, and then they'll refer somebody. And I'm the same way with that somebody. I don't care if it's 11 o'clock at night because of the time zone difference. I'm the same way. It's like, you know, it's so, it's just, it's fun. It's fun to me. And I'm passionate about it because we're all human beings. You don't look at somebody and say, oh, they're an investor. Like, oh, they're, they're like, you know, a God or a goddess. No, that's not what that's about. That's exactly. not what that's about. So I've got a question for you. Pedestal. Yeah, so I'm putting people on are a you, are you? I know you're very punctual. Are you Are you rushing off now, or do we have... Oh, no, no, uh, you're, you're good. You're good. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure, because I know you get in a mood if we, if we take up... Oh, no, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, Nat. That's you that gets in a mood. No, that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> that's five minutes <laughs> over there. Don't make me bring up your nickname. <laughs> <laughs> See, you've stunned him into silence now, Nikki. You dare yeah. that because he knows that we might well share the fact that he's the one with the five minute rule. Right. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> I do have a five minute rule. <laughs> uh, no, really, if people are late, and, but I, I sometimes I get near to the five minute rule myself. And, or uh, beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we work together every day. Or beyond. Punctuality is important. I remind you of that in the morning when you're late. Right. It's hard. When you live next door to where you work, it's really tough. What you mean, as in your bedroom to your lounge? (laughs) To your laptop. (laughs) To be fair, I mean, I think. Right. And and literally, I'd needed to be at work at nine o'clock, right, in the morning, yeah? And I was always late. And we literally lived, literally 50 metres away was the door. But I think I was always... But now, I seem to be even later than five minutes, Kim. To be fair, one of the worst things you do is, like, we'll be chatting uh, on a, on a Zoom when we realise we've got to move over here because we're about to go live. So we've got to close down Zoom and get in to StreamYard, you wouldn't think that takes very long, would you? But I have gone live on numerous occasions, and he's not ready. He's not there. I was going to turn up when he's ready. It's a long commute from internet page one to internet page two. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, small tasks are really hard for some people. It really is. You just got to push yourself, you know? Well, I'm trying, Nikki. I'm trying. Yeah. Really, I'm trying. You are very trying, my lovely. But I think that <laughs> I think the key points, though, that, that you've shared with them, there is so many, so many nuggets. Are it, at our core, it's all about people because all of us are people. Whatever it is we do, whatever it is we, whether whatever label we want to put on it, whether we're an investor or whether we're a coach or whether we're a business person or whether we're a, um, a child or a scholar, we are people. When you cut as we bleed. <laughs> Every single one of us. So 
remembering that and saying, actually, how do I build a relationship? How do I connect with this person and understand who they are? What are their values? What are their purpose? What's their what's their reason for being? And then see if there's some commonality where we want to build that relationship or whether or not it's a, okay, well, it's been lovely to meet you, but I I don't think there is going to be a relationship there. That doesn't mean to say that, um, because, and I agree with something Robert said, you know, it's, if your sole purpose is what can I get from them, people do smell it um, and people will move away from that. I think for me, my biggest one is, is this somebody that I want to get to know better? Is this somebody that I want to spend more time with, to learn from? Um, and if the answer to that is yes, then absolutely, 100%, I'm going to invest in that relationship, irrelevant of what I think I can get out of it, because that never is in my thinking. It's never in my thought as a what can I get. It's always what can I give? And how do I how do I help? If, you know, if the un- universe of my energy is bringing this person into my life, who are they bringing them into my life to help? Because I think we're all here to help each other. But first, we've got to be really pure of heart. We've got to say, actually, our sole, my sole purpose is to leave things better than I found them, as best I can, wherever that is. Um, and to live up to my nan's um, piece, which is every day is a school day. You learn something every day from every person you meet if you are open-minded to learning. I've learned more about leadership from my little girl and her toddler friends than I learned in the 25 years before, because they are just doing it naturally. They're doing that negotiating, finding their way through, creating that relationship, making it work long before they really understand words to be able to get it right or to, or to be able to do it eloquently. And yet they do it naturally. Yes. And then we layer in all these politics and all the other rubbish. It's like, how do we just strip it back and remember that wherever I sit in that circle, you know, and I, t- I, when I look at companies, I think they've got three people that they're there to serve. They've got the company. So what's your purpose? Are you there to make profit? Um, because you're a charity and you're wanting to, you know, to give to a cause. What, what is your, what's your, your company goal? What is the clients? What are they looking for? What, what, either problem are you trying to solve or desire are you trying to fill because you've got to be doing one of those um and the third one is what do the colleagues need but whichever one of those circles you look in it's people it's just people every single one of them is a person first and the label second and if we can remember that and we can connect with that then i think that's when we really start to um, attract the right people around us and we attract the success because we're not in it for ourselves or for what we can get from people we're in it to understand um, and I think that's where we really unlock potential isn't it for everybody yes I agree yeah and working out whether people are honest right like if people you can tell immediately when people come from a place of honesty right like but it takes time. It takes time in life before you before you go down the bad route, right? And you pick you pick the wrong individuals in your life, and eventually you, you learn to spot that look. It's like a look in their eye of what can they get, right? Instead of what can they give, and it's a it's a totally different, totally different thing. Yeah, 
Well, well Nikki, it's been absolutely wonderful. And I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you again. And yeah, we would love to do another video at some point with you in the next in the next you know few months or whenever you feel like it. And I want to leave with some, something to think about because today was about mindset. Whenever you are doing something in life, no matter what your dream is, no matter what your goal is, you know, when you're little, you grow up, you say, by the time I'm this age, I'm going to do this. And then you get to that age and you're like, oh God, it didn't work out. You don't look to the past. You always look forward. Don't look to blame. Continue to take responsibility for yourself and for your actions and do the best that you can do. And one of the most, most important things you have to remember is to never, ever give up. Because when you give up, you're giving up on yourself. You're giving up on whoever it is you have to take care of. You know, just there's just so many things that you're giving up on. You're giving up on life. So you never give up. You continue to push through. And I've been pushing for years now, you know, over 12 something years just in my industry. And I'm known in my industry, but like I said earlier, I have to work my arse off, you know, to be here, to be at the table with investors. And I do not take that for granted. I am very blessed because of that, because I have that power to have a voice for those that do not have a voice who cannot be at the table. And that's what I use my voice for. But in order to use my voice, do that, I have to be present and I wake up every morning hungry. I wake up as a beast, literally. And I don't expect anyone else to be a beast, but I am a beast about my stuff. There is no, I'm feeling sick. There is no, I'm feeling tired. If I'm tired, then I need to get eight hours instead of getting five. You know, I look at myself. It's not about perfection. It is about being ready, having that sense of urgency, having that mind, having your mind right, you know, and it is a day-to-day process. Keeping that positivity without being fake is so, so important. Be real with yourself and be real with others. And that's where the pure heart comes from. Lead with your heart. You don't wear it on your sleeve, but you lead with your heart. But I'm telling you, I just wake up every day hungry and every day is like fresh. It's like new. It's like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Whoever I'm on the phone with, whoever I'm talking to, I've never met them before. How am I going to come to the phone call with a preconceived notion about who they are and what they're doing? I don't know anything. And that's how I face it. Whether I'm talking to an investor or I'm talking to a company that wants to bring me on. Everything is new. It's a new beginning every day. And our world is absolutely beautiful. You know, I'm a global leader in humanitarian work. It's because our world is the rainbow. It's absolutely beautiful. And I love, I love our world. I love our animals. I love our environment. And I love people. So thank you so much. I'm extremely blessed to be here. Thank you. Oh, bless you. Nikki, thank you so, so much. What I love in in that final summary is it really is about being grateful being thankful for all that we have and the fact that you know every morning and I I do similar that every morning I wake up grateful for all I've already got whether that's all the lessons I've already learned um or all of the things that I've got to be grateful for 
Um, because when you start when you start pointing your mind at the things that you're grateful for, the things that you appreciate, the things that you um, are thankful for, then you start to get more of them. <laughs> you start to pull them through. And I think it was C.S. Lewis, because uh, I loved the bit about not giving up. C.S. Lewis, who said, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the end. Um, and I love that as a, as a quote, which is, you know, I might have fallen. I might have stumbled. I've stumbled lots in my life. But it's about like being a toddler. It doesn't matter how many times you fall down. You get back up because you want to walk. Um, because your goal is to be the same as everybody else. So if we can stay passionately curious. You control your destiny and you can change that storyline. That's what that's about. So always look forward. You know, you're not going to repeat what happened yesterday and the day before if you have that mindset. If not, you're repeating patterns because there's something that you need to change. There's a lesson in there that you have not learned. And so the universe is going to keep giving you that lesson until you change it. It's that simple. I love it. I can't wait to chat again. Thank you again so much. Thank you for everybody for joining us. I hope you found as much value from it as we did. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. Please don't forget to follow wherever you listen and tell your friends and tell your friends. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.